hello. Welcome back to the Hangout Podcast, where we want to hang out with you guys and have some fun today. Before we get started, if you hear me cough, don't be worried. I just have black lung. The black lung. The black lung. Um, no, I don't, but I found out that I've been drinking water that isn't fully clean, um, and so I have a cough, and I'm okay. Turns out when you gather your water from the puddles on the ground... <laughs> It's not that great of a thing for you, so... Yeah, it turns out. Um, no, but I, I'm fine, but if you hear me cough, sorry about that. Just the most awkward intro to a podcast ever. Hey, I have black <laughs> lung. No, okay. on a real note, though, I don't actually have black no, lung, no. but um, you can pray for me um, in my cough if you want. But yeah, we're here to hang out. Who are you? Yeah, uh, my name's Stephen, the pastor, family pastor here at Foothills Christian Church. Uh, hello's Foothills Student Ministry. Yeah, what's up, Foothill students? Yeah. Shout out. And I'm Jordan. I'm the youth ministry assistant here at Foothills in Boise, Idaho. So it's going to be a good day. Um, but as usual, we're going to start with some hot takes. So oh, yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah, let's get into this. No, so we got hot takes here. Coffee and Supply Co. Mug. Um, if you're ever in the area, you should go there because they are awesome. Okay. All right, hot take number one. Hot take number one. Pasta is better than pizza. Agree or disagree? Um, yeah. Do you, yes? I, no. no. No, I think that pizza's better. Okay, I agree. Pizza, I, that might be my favorite food ever. Like top one favorite food. I think I could eat it every day. And that's coming from a gluten-free person. Yeah, and I'm gluten-free. And I will say that in youth ministry, you eat a lot of pizza. You do. And, but it's really, pasta is just like gross, honestly. <laughs> like in my opinion, it's grainy and it... It's soggy food. It's soggy food. That's to be honest. Yeah. yeah. Sorry if you're Italian. Although pasta, I mean, I think it's really good. I do enjoy pasta, mm. but I think I definitely enjoy pizza more. Do you know what we, so uh, this is November 1st. Last yep. night was Halloween. Uh, what we were going to do last night? What? A superior thing to pizza, I believe. Calzones. Oh. We were going to do calzones last night. But then we had a gluten friend come over and we're like, well, we shouldn't do calzones because... Wait, you know. hold on. I like that I'm a gluten friend. Gluten-free friend. <laughs> you said I'm a gluten friend. I said gluten-free. It's yeah. recorded. We can go back and check the tape. Yeah, spoiler. Um, I think you said gluten friend. Replay, replay. But I... Throw the red flag to... Yeah, no, but I did flag. go over, so sorry. that I do ruin dinner parties for people because then they have to cater to my needs, but... No, it's okay because okay. calzones is still on the, on the meal plan for the, the list. Menu. So, Oh, yeah. Excited for that one. There you go. Uh, yes, here we go. Hot take number two. Is it okay to eat raw, I almost thought it said butter. <laughs> I was like, who cooks butter and eats it? Come on. Uh, is it okay to eat raw batter, such as cookie dough or cake batter, etc.? Oh, 100% yes. I like. I will lick the spoon, the bowl, the spatula, everything. I think even I used to make cookie dough in high school and just eat it. And not bake cookies with it because it's better yeah. than the actual cookies. I was so for serve day, I was actually looking like uh, pre-made, like cookie dough stuff, and they even have it on the on the bag, like okay to eat raw, or something like that. And it's oh, like, wow. oh, so it's just we're just totally fine with it, and yeah. it's out in the public and in everything. Uh, the thing I would be like, even cake batter. Yeah, cake batter, even if it has eggs in it, I think it's totally fine. Yeah, it that's tastes better. It tastes better than the cake. Tastes better. <laughs> yeah. No. Okay. Uh, yeah, I don't know that I would like, like really? not like I do cookie dough because cookie dough, like I'll take a spoonful like on purpose. Yeah. 
um, cake batter, like I mean, like brownie batter, if it's on the spatula, it's like, sure, why not a little bit? But would you, wait, you're shaking your head no. Well, I don't like brownies. Because gluten-free brownies are just no, terrible. No, I've never liked brownies. It's just the chocolate thing. You don't like, like chocolate? I like chocolate, but I don't like chocolate-flavored things. Like chocolate-flavored ice cream, chocolate-flavored flavored cake. Okay, I need you to restate that for everybody who just like had their mind blown. <laughs> you like chocolate, but not chocolate things. Like Isn't flavored. chocolate itself chocolate? No, chocolate-flavored thing? things. So chocolate in and of itself is good, but the flavor... Chocolate, like ice cream, brownies, things that are flavored chocolate, I don't like. I like actual pure chocolate. Okay, are you talking chocolate or cocoa? Uh, I don't know. Because like milk chocolate or dark chocolate is made with cocoa. Yeah. Which is also what makes brownies. Then cocoa. But what about chocolate ice cream, chocolate cake? That stuff is fake. Yeah, that like the fake chocolate well, flavor. Okay, my wife makes an awesome chocolate cake from scratch. Uses like a ton of cocoa stuff. Well, amazing. then that would probably be good. But I yeah. mean, I just nah. okay. So, I don't know. yeah, cake is overrated, anyways. I'll take number three. All right. All right, newborn babies are not cute. Agree or disagree? Um, so you've, you've seen a lot of newborn babies. (laughs) Steve has six kids. So you've, yeah, I've seen all six of them newborn. You've seen them newborn. Yeah. So I, I'm going to be honest. I don't, they're like, some are cute, but typically they kind of look like aliens. Yeah. Yeah, they do. Uh, what do you, what is your classification of newborn? Zero to two months. Two months? Yeah. Whoa. Okay. Um, I would say like super fresh. They're yeah, it's like are yeah. we sure this thing's done? Yeah. Like uh Regan had this like massive cl- like cliff of on her head, like on the top <laughs> of her head. It was like, wait, that should be smooth, right? Uh Did she wear a helmet? <laughs> no, she didn't. Aww. It like that's the weird thing. Like after a few hours, it w- went back to normal. Oh, so a it few was hours? Like, yeah. Uh, so I would say like the first, definitely in the first hours. Yeah. It's like, all right, I love you. This mm. is okay. Uh, not the best looking thing, but you know, they, they get better. I, after a few hours, I'd say like they're, uh, yeah, they are. They, they're okay. cute. Yeah. I was thinking more like long-term, like zero to two months because you know, when you're like, Oh my gosh, your baby's so cute. And it's like not that cute, but the parent is gonna, it has like, they have blinders and they're like, my baby's the cutest and should do modeling. And sometimes it's like, maybe they shouldn't do baby modeling, but yeah, babies are a gift from God. Don't get me wrong. They are. They are. They're awesome. Okay. So what did you think of Ruben? Ruben? I thought he was cute. Oh, okay. I do think. Even within that two month window? Yes. And not just saying that because I'm your boss. No, I would be 100% honest. You already know I would be honest <laughs> if I didn't think he was. Yeah. There's not a lot of babies. I There's no babies currently in my life that I don't think are cute. Okay. So just to put people at ease who are listening, <laughs> I think your babies are cute. Okay, there we go. Next one. Let's see, I kind of saw this one, so let's do that. Uh, In-N-Out Burger <clears throat> is overrated. Oh, my gosh. Have you had In-N-Out? Have I had In-N-Out? Yeah, I have. Okay, well, you never know with people in Idaho. 
Uh, Jordan, um, go ahead and tell your origin story real quick. Uh, my origin story. So I am originally from Southern California, where In-N-Out is very popular. And I personally think In-N-Out is extremely overrated. You heard it here, ladies and gentlemen. This is uh, Jordan saying that it is overrated. I, it is. In-N-Out, you know, I will boldly go on the internet and say In-N-Out is overrated. It's not that good. That's it. It's just not as good as people make it to seem. And people really hate on their fries is like the one thing that's really bad. I think that's the best part. Their fries oh, really? are okay enough to where when you dip them in the shake, it's a good combo. But aside from that, nope. Yeah, it's been, I think since high school that I, oh no, no, not. It's been like 10 years, maybe seven. Yeah. Maybe seven years since we've I've had uh, In and Out, and yeah, it was it was more just like oh we don't have these anywhere. So when we're going on this trip, like we were going down uh, to Yosemite, I think, and it's like we gotta go to In and Out. It's like, I mean, do we really have to? And so, but we did just because like the students wanted to or whatnot. And so it was just like I mean, this is just a burger. It's just a cultural thing. That's why yeah. it's popular. And so for those of you who don't know, we're getting In and Out here in Boise, Idaho. In the next... Technically Meridian, yeah. Meridian in the next year. My prediction... It's, it's like, I saw it the other day for the first time, like where they're building it. Oh, really? And it, it has the colors and stuff. And oh, wow. I've seen like on the news a couple times or just flashing across my, my notifications, <laughs> like uh, like unexpected or don't know when it's opening yet, but rumors are. And so it's like getting close. Yeah. I'm excited for it to open just... So the lines at Chick-fil-A aren't so long. That's what I was going to say. I would take Chick-fil-A any day. But my prediction with In-N-Out is that it's going to be super popular for like four to six months. And then it's going to be a desert because I don't think people in Idaho are going to care that much. Once they try Mm -hmm. it, they're going to be like, this is not that good. I would way rather go to Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A. Or Or I think think Freddy's is great. Yeah, I'm not on the Freddy's train, but a lot of people are. because you can't have gluten. Yeah, it's true. You can't have anything. Yeah, they're steak burgers. Great. Oh, gosh. Yeah. All right. Last one, maybe? One more? Yeah, let's do one more. Okay. Last hot take of the day. And just a reminder, if you want to submit your hot takes, just comment it below, or you can email us. You can purchase at Youth Group if you're a Fidel student, whatever you want. Okay. Crocs, question mark. Uh, not a fan. Why? I just, I don't know. They don't seem practical i know people wear them like all weather and whether they're running or not and it's just like wow that's i mean it's it's admirable that they can run in crocs i know they have their like sport mode or whatnot but i don't know i just don't i don't get it they're pretty easy to run it so i own a pair of crocs i'm a big fan because the rubbery texture is good for water it's it's all terrain Except the holes in them aren't good for water yeah that's that's the thing i don't know they're really comfortable also but some people don't like, they have little like grippy things on the soles, like little bumps. And I know people who couldn't get over that. I personally really like them, but I wear my Chacos way, way more than my Crocs. That's so. what I was just going to say. Chacos or Crocs. Cause I have, I already have the alternative, like, like, Hey, just slip them on, wear them anywhere in the water or not. So I already have Chacos. Mm-hmm. And so owning both, you would say. Well, Crocs are more of a slip on though than Chacos. Cause my Chacos have the toe strap. So I can't just slip those on with wearing like socks or something. Okay, yeah, not wearing socks, yeah. Yeah, but um, having both, probably my Chacos. Yeah. So I wear them a lot more, but it's a, it's a regional thing. Like in Idaho, 
everyone wears chacos in other places. I don't know where other people wear Crocs, like Ohio, maybe. Uh, shout out Ohio. Ohio listeners. <laughs> Ohio and Iowa, the other two that get mistaken for Idaho. <laughs> yeah, those two, uh, you guys probably wear Crocs, but let me yeah. know if I'm mistaken. Yeah. So. Uh, okay, yeah. There we go. That we're really, it sounds like we're really trying to reach out for those, uh, for those sponsors, you know, like Coffee <laughs> yeah. Supply Co., Chacos, uh, In-N-Out, well, no, Chick-fil-A would be yeah, the one Chick-fil-A. that we go for. Uh, yeah, we're not really, we expect to make nothing. Yeah, we uh, not sponsored and won't be sponsored. <laughs> All right. Moving on. What are we, what's the topic today? Yeah, today we are talking about prayer. Um, all things in prayer. Which is really awesome. All things. <laughs> All things in prayer. Okay. So I think we start with, like, what even is prayer and break that down. Yeah, what is prayer? Prayer. Uh, the most simple way to put what prayer is, is it's a line of communication to God. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's exactly that. It's coming before our before our Heavenly Father, um, being able to approach Him with, with like, our requests, which are with our... Uh, the things that are stressing us in life, the things that we are going through, and just being able to have a, I mean, calling it a conversation is kind of a, kind of seems like a, an odd thing, but that's really what it is. And and I think that it's an odd thing because we don't often hear the other side of the conversation coming through. But God tells us like, you know, come, come to me with what you have, uh, whether it's Thanksgiving, whether it's praises, whether it's requests, like come to me and and bring those bring those things to me you know so so he tells us to even though it's it often feels like this one-sided conversation so i think that's that's something that people i think miss with prayer a lot yeah i agree that's what um what i was thinking about too is people just don't pray because it seems like it does nothing (laughs) because it's like well i'm just talking to the air and part of that is i think you just have to have faith to believe that you know, scripture says like he hears our prayers and he wants a request to be brought to him and you have to believe what the word of God says. And um, something that I try to live by is I should be praying as much as I'm reading the word and I should be reading the word as much as I'm praying. And so they're, they're both important ways to get to know God. And it, mm-hmm. we often are like reading scripture and memorizing scripture and doing that discipline because like it feels tangible because we're holding a Bible, but prayer doesn't feel tangible yet it's still just as effective if not more when it comes to communicating with god yeah yeah and and sometimes like uh i mean we we said like we don't often hear god speaking to us right uh through his word is a a great way to do that and so i think matching up the like prayer and and reading scripture it it does help that two-way conversation take place and, and we're oftentimes, we don't, we don't think about it that way. We think, oh, I have a good prayer life, but my scripture reading, or my devotional life isn't that great, or vice versa. Um, I think it's important that we, that we pair them together mm-hmm. and um, really, really use scripture as, as a way to hear God speaking to us. And not, not that he won't speak to us in other ways, because he absolutely does. Um, but, I mean, especially in those times where it's like, God, like, I'm not not receiving anything from you. I'm like, mm-hmm. go go to his go to his word. Go to the scriptures and and hear what he has for you. Um, I think sometimes we just tend to separate those two, mm-hmm. and really, it's it's meant to be one thing. Yeah, and we I mean we often pray, and then we start to like in the time we're praying, think God's going to answer us right mm-hmm. then and there in some audible audible voice in our mind, and that just isn't 
really how God's been revealing himself, at least in the people around me. Mm-hmm. And typically it's like we have to look at those patterns of how God is revealing ourselves. And it's like in his word, through his people. And so that's why I think writing down your prayers also is really cool because you can write it down and then you can see how God responds to it, when he responds to it. And it's often not going to be right there in that instant. Not that God couldn't do that because he mm-hmm. certainly could speak in an audible voice in your mind or drop something in your mind right then and there. And he does do that. But majority of the time when we pray, God answers on his own time. And that's not Absolutely. in the time frame that we try to give him. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I like that you, you made the point for that, like God can speak in that way. So I think it's also good to leave that uh, leave that quiet time in your in your actual prayer life for God to speak because mm-hmm. he might put something in your mind. He might uh, his you might hear his voice, whether in your mind or, or audibly. I'm not going to limit God in that way or, or how he speaks to people, because I believe that he speaks to people differently based mm-hmm. on who they are. Not like, oh, you're better. So I'll speak to you audibly, but just how how we respond. Um, I, I was actually listening to a podcast earlier and talking about like we respond differently to uh or we speak differently to the different people in our life because they are different people. And, and I believe that God does that also. Um, and so we have to, we have to learn the way that we hear God's voice. Yeah, that's so true. I have a cool story to share about how he speaks and how it looks different sometimes. So I typically like if I'm struggling with something or I just want to like get away or whatever, I'll just drive to the top of a mountain or somewhere and just pray. And it helps clear my mind and so about a month ago I was really wrestling through some stuff and it was like an afternoon I drove up just into the foothills and was just praying and I was really just praying for God to move immediately in certain areas of my life and areas that I haven't seen movement and I was really crying out to the Lord and I was overlooking this valley and there was it was like the inversion so I was above the fog and the fog was covering this whole valley and I closed my eyes and I'm praying this and it was like maybe a minute or two and I opened my eyes again as I'm still praying and the fog is racing like at a crazy pace around my car, which was insane. And I'm like, what is happening? And I close my eyes again, though. I'm still praying for God to move. And I look up again and this is all within a two minute span. The fog is completely moved like around my car and I can't see like my hand if I was to go outside and it was crazy because it was like, okay, that could be a coincidence or it could be, wow, God, like what a reminder that you are the God of the weather. Like you can move all things and just because you're not moving these things in my life doesn't mean you're not God. And that reminded me of a way where it was like, it, I could sit here and either say, that's just the fog moving, or I could acknowledge that was God moving and I was praying for him to move. And it's not in the ways I wanted or thought or was praying, but God moved just Mm -hmm. now. He moved this fog and he was showing me that he's God and that he's powerful. And so I think when we pray, we need to be open to how God responds because he can do it in any way he wants. And a lot of the times it's in a way that we, we wouldn't have thought Mm -hmm. was going to happen. Yeah. 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 Uh, That reminds me of uh, like Samuel when, when Eli is, He's uh he's the one who's like training Sam Eli right yeah yeah he, he's the one training Samuel so Samuel's a boy at this point and and God speaks to Samuel and he calls his name Samuel and Samuel gets up from from his bed and he runs to to Eli who's, who's uh who's training him who's the the prophet right that's uh, that's helping him along in his way and and he's like he's like yeah what do you need master and he's like I didn't call you I just you woke me up by coming in so 
go back to bed. And, and he does, and God does this three times. He calls Samuel, and that third time, Samuel's like, that's God speaking to you. So when when he says it again, I believe it's a uh, say yes, yes, Lord, I'm listening, or I'm yeah. your servant, and I'm listening. Yeah. And and I think it's it's something of us learning, um, learning how God speaks to us, mm-hmm. right? I think it's important for us to to realize that, but also like invite people into our lives to help us to understand that as well, um, because because we might think it's just a coincidence. So many people probably think, oh, that fog moving, that's just a coincidence, right? Mm-hmm. But no, I mean, like, yeah, God showing you, like, hey, I, I am here. I am moving. You may not see it. You may not understand it, but I am. Yeah, yeah. that's so good. And that also touches on the importance of bringing people into your faith and, and talking to people and being vulnerable to people because you want community so that they can speak into your life and they can see the patterns of how God is moving in your life too. Like when you can't see it, you can bring that to people and they're able to say, hey, you know, you've been praying this, like look at God's provision in this way. And, and that's that's so cool. And so, yeah, I do think it's important to come into prayer with that faith, that heart posture where it's knowing that God can move in any way that he sees fit and accepting that Um He's going to move how he sees fit, which brings me to a really important thing that I think I didn't understand for a long time, and that was coming into prayer with the heart of knowing who God is and who you are. And I think when I started realizing that a few years ago is when my prayer life actually changed because when I approached prayer, it wasn't just, oh, I'm having a hard day. God, help me with school. Help me with sports. But it was like, first, let me take a moment to pause and acknowledge that you are God. You are in control. This is who you are. And that set my heart in the right spot of mm-hmm. who I am in relation to God. And then that sets you up during your time of prayer to properly bring what you need to to God in, in, with the right mindset and heart. Yeah, because, I mean, we're, we're told so often, like, he's uh, he's Abba, Father, right? He's your daddy, and, and you can go to him, and he's he uh, you can approach him like a child approaching their father. But he is also king. Mm-hmm. Right. And so there's uh, there's like uh, this word familiar familiarity, familiarity. OK. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but also there has to be reverence mm-hmm. like that, that respect, that realization that God is. I mean, he is God of all things. He is the mm-hmm. creator. And so approaching him in that way uh, while recognizing he loves us like a child, it's it's like this. It's this weird mixture, right? Yeah. These two things that don't seem to to mix together, but absolutely does. Uh, but keeping both of those in mind. So as we go to him, being like, God, yeah, you are, uh, you are creator of all things. You are. I mean, we just got done with our our prayer, like staff prayer, and and we we pray the names of God and saying, God, this is who you are. This is who you are. And and here are the things that are on our heart. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is so good and so important. And that is the first step in in the prayer model that I learned how to pray with. Yeah, which one? Which, which I model? learned Acts. Acts, yeah. Okay, and so this transformed my prayer life. When I learned this model, um, and I think we should go through it. Do you use Acts, or did you learn Acts? Yeah, I teach it all the time. Yeah. Okay, yeah, so the first one is adoration, which is where you start by adorning, adoring? Adoring. Adoring God. Yeah. So that's where you're praying his names. You're telling him who he is, right? Like when you adore someone, you show affection and love and yeah, it's really it's really like this uh, this posture of putting God in His respectful place. Yeah, saying like this is where you belong. Let me make sure that that I 
not by not by lowering myself and saying like I'm worthless, but putting you in in perspective, saying because you are so great, you are that creator, you are uh, our healer, you are our, our great fortress, and saying like God, like I adore you because of, of who you are. So yeah, adoration, adoration, and then the next one is confession. Good and, job. Yep, thanks. There's a pause there. I, I had to think about it. Um, and that's where you confess to God, right? Like you confess your sins um, to God. You confess what's on your, um, what's happening in your life. That's basically it. Yeah, yeah really. <laughs> yeah, confession of, confession of sins, confessing of where you feel like you are, are lacking, where you're falling short. And uh, yeah, confession, it's easy. Right. And I think I want to hit on this uh, point. Oh, oh, sorry. I said it's easy. Uh, the more you do it, the more you get used to it. Yes. Um, I think a lot of people think, well, why do I need to confess to God if he already knows Mm -hmm. that I did this sin? And part of me really thinks that it's because it's beneficial to our health Mm -hmm. to acknowledge who we are and what we've done and move forward in that. And I think that, I mean, if you go to Foothills, maybe you heard parts of our series on guilt, but when we don't confess things, we hold on to them in our hearts and minds. As much as you think you're over something, a lot of times you're not, and you don't realize how much that's driving your behavior, right? And when we confess them, Scripture says that he's faithful and just to forgive us, right? We confess mm-hmm. to God, and then we confess to someone else, and we bring it out of the dark. And when we do, God forgives us, right? And so there's power in confession because you're acknowledging that you need a Lord and Savior, that Jesus, that God is that answer, and then you walk in that freedom of knowing that you've received salvation and freedom, from that sin, which I think is important to know. Yeah. yeah. And you said, like, like why do we, people ask, like, why do we need to confess? He already knows. I mean, he knows who he is. He knows that he's creator. He doesn't need us to acknowledge it, right? He knows uh, He knows our requests before we even bring them. That's scripture. And so prayer itself, it's like, why do we need to pray? He knows everything, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, no, I think it. I think it is for us. I think it's for us uh, to put him in his place as, as we go through this acts process and we adore him. We say, God, this is who you are. Uh, we confess. We say, God, this is where this is where I fall short. And, and then the T. T is Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving, right? Yeah. And we, we say, like, thank you so much for, for what you do in my life, that you have forgiven me, that you have brought your son to this earth so that I may have, uh, may have eternal life uh, through faith in him. Yeah, Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving, which is all over Scripture too. Like, um, I think it's in was it First Thessalonians? Probably where he says, "Bring prayer with all supplication, Thanksgiving," mm-hmm. um, and that is so important. Like that is part of prayer is bring Thanksgiving in your prayer, because um, why wouldn't you? Is <laughs> kind of my question. Like, why wouldn't you thank God for all the blessings you have for salvation, His Son, and more than that? There's so many studies done that. Fear and thankfulness can't coexist in our brain. Like the two chemicals that are produced when we feel those emotions can't actually be produced at the same time in our brain. Um, you can look up studies. I don't have any on hand yeah. to quote that. Uh, can you Someone should fact check that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I really think God designed us that way because when we are thanking God and thankful to God for what we have, we're not as worried about the things we don't have. We don't see a lot of lack in our life. And I think Thanksgiving is a huge part of prayer and we should definitely be doing that in our prayer life. Yeah. And I think as, uh, I mean, even as we look, as we worry about things, right, we think about like all the stresses that we have uh, going on, all the things that we need to do. And, and this isn't working how I expected it and, and all this. When we pause and we, we give thanks for, for God's faithfulness and the things that he has done in our life, we can remember that like 
hey, I think, I mean, he will do it again, mm-hmm. right? That's a song, yeah. right? So it's got to be true. Yeah. Uh, like he, he's been faithful in the past and, and, and I'm thankful for that. And I can trust that he is going to be there to do it again. And so why, why should I stress about these things? My God is faithful. Mm-hmm. And then which brings us to the S. Supplication. Supplication. Yeah, which is your requests, right? Mm-hmm. So it's praying for other people. It's praying for your heart, for your circumstances. It's bringing your requests before God. Yeah, and I think the thankfulness thing, it works out really well because you say, God, uh, I am thankful that you have, have done this in my life. But I also have this thing, this need right now mm-hmm. that can you please meet this need in my life? And so I think the the whole, th- even the process, I know it's just a an acronym and it's maybe, maybe it was uh, on purpose that they fall in that order, mm-hmm. but I think that order works really well. And yeah. so if you, if you're looking to uh, either start your prayer life or, um, or like improve your prayer life, I would say like use this acts acronym, this way of prayer. And uh, I think it'll make some some massive difference in the way that you pray and the way that you converse with God. It's true. And honestly, there's no shame in like writing it out, like A, adoration, and then writing that part of your prayer. And then C, confession, writing that. And that's what helped me get in the habit of praying that way. And now when I'm praying, I don't think, okay, what's the next one in the Acts model? Like yeah. it's natural. It naturally flows that way for me because I've trained my brain to pray that way. And so I would say, write it out, like train your brain to use this model. Or if there's a different model that works better for you, then use it, like pray the way you're going to pray because mm-hmm. ultimately we want you to pray. But I would say be disciplined in learning how to pray and to do it because it seems ineffective and overwhelming and hard and all these things until you actually start doing it and start understanding it. And then um, I think it gets a lot easier as you go. Yeah, and even um, even if you want to take it back a step earlier, like just go to the Lord's Prayer, mm, uh, yeah. Matthew six um, nine through thirteen. I looked it up earlier, so nice. Uh, yeah, that's not just easy for me to recall <laughs> like that. Um, but that is, it's called the Lord's Prayer, but it's really Jesus teaching his disciples how to pray. They're like, hey, te- you pray a lot, Jesus. Can you teach us how to pray? And he's like, sure, do this. And that Acts model like really falls in line with with the Lord's prayer. And so um, even if it's just you opening up your Bible and turning to Matthew 6, 9 through 13, and you reading that prayer, let it start that way. Mm-hmm. And then maybe as, as you read like our Father in heaven, holy is your name. Uh, hey, that's an adoration, right? Yeah. Add a couple more in there that, that where he's speaking in your life. Like, God, you are, you are healer in my life. God, you are my strong fortress in my life. Uh, like add into that and then move on to the next one. I think that's a, a great way to uh, to kickstart that prayer life or that habit uh, for, your, for your life. Yeah, I agree. And I think that with prayer, we have to understand that it's both a habit and it's something we do spontaneously. And we have to be able to hold that tension, like the same way where it's like we can formalize it with a model, but we also want to be allowing room for the spirit to lead. Mm-hmm. Like, Create that discipline, create that time, write it out, go through it. And then also you can approach God at any time. Like it doesn't have to be in a specific model or way, and you don't have to read scripture to talk to God. Mm -hmm. Like you can approach him at any time because he is your father. And it goes back to the idea of um, he's your father and he's your king. And it's a yes, like both are true of God. And we can approach him in both ways and we can hold that um, as we approach him. Right. Yeah. 
And, and another thing for like, if you just don't feel like you are adequate or knowing what to say, like uh, scripture tells us that the spirit speaks on our behalf to God. Okay. In ways that we don't even understand. So it's, uh, you don't have to have your prayer life all figured out before you bring it before the king. Mm-hmm. Because the king has given us this advocate, this helper to help us uh, speak to him and, and speaks to, uh, to him on our behalf for, for the, the groanings of our heart, right? So we have that, we have that backup per se as well. Um, one thought I had was like, you pray about the big things or the small things? Are you asking me? Yeah. Uh, I pray about all, all the things. What are some of the big things in the, uh, for students that like mm. they could be praying for? Big like things in their life, like how how big is too big or how small is too small? Oh, okay. Um, I would say there's no such thing. Like uh, scripture is clear that um, where is it in Acts where he says that God could do abundantly more than you think or imagine. That's not an Acts. It doesn't sound like that's Acts, not an Acts at all. <laughs> I'm reading through Acts and that's why I got it confused. Somewhere in scripture, and I can't remember where, it says that God can do abundantly more than you could think or imagine. And another part, Jesus is talking and says, you don't receive because you don't ask. And I think with that, we have to understand, like, God is God. He is so much bigger. And the biggest thing that we think is the big thing in our life is small compared to how big our God is. So bring big prayer requests with faith, knowing that God can answer them. And he might not answer them in the way you thought or imagine, but he can, and he can do abundantly more with it than you ever thought. So with the big things, there's no limit at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it makes me, uh, Elijah, as he's as he is uh, like battling um, King Ahab and yeah. his wife Jezebel, is, uh, they're like very contentious, and, and like he prays for a drought, Yeah. right? And it's kind of things like, really, is that that what God wants you to be praying for? And but God responds with a yes, and and uh, it happens. And and I believe it's three years later. He he's like, all right, let's let's end this. Let's do this. Mm-hmm. And and God responds, and he he brings the rain. And I think it's uh, I think we ask too small. Yeah. But then I think we also don't ask small enough. Yeah, and that's the other part of it too. Is I think if we hit too hard on the side of like he's my king, we forget he's my father. And that he cares deeply about the details in our lives and that he, he knows them and he sees them, right? Like he created us. I think about Psalm 139. It's like he numbered your days. He knows every hair on your head. He, he knows you and he cares about the tiny things in your life. And so as much as we should ask a huge prayers and anything that we want to see come to fruition, bring your small things too because I know that he's a God who cares about it. I'm sure you can tes- testify to that too. And that's where it comes in, that tension of he's your king and he's your father. And he cares about both big and small things. Yeah. Um, quick story. So even like I'd heard uh, several people in my life like talking about like when they, they prayed for like the something that they lost, like, oh, I lost my keys or I lost my wallet. And it's just like, does God really care about that? And and but as as they, they speak to it and, and they they're very convicted that he does and, and that they're answering like God is answering those prayers. And, and so at camp this year, um, it was after our uh, our slime fight. And when we were all in the creek, if you remember that. Um, Wait, really quick. Camp 2024 is going to be awesome. Oh, it's so. going to be so great. Yeah. Just saying. Uh, register once registrations are open. Yep. <laughs> uh, anyway, so we were we were all like getting the, the the slime off of us and in the creek or whatnot. And it, we just, it turned it into being a, like a, another water fight. And. And I don't remember if it was a, a bucket or one of the water cannons, but I, I, 
drenched this girl and it was like she was uh she was facing away from me so it was like the back of her head and what like what I did not see was her glasses fell off with the water and so her glasses fell into the stream and and she was just like totally distraught like I can't lose those and <laughs> I felt horrible you I'm know when sure. it's like oh this is gonna be so funny and then it turns it's into the funny. worst thing ever yeah, yeah. and <laughs> like oh I really I really messed up there uh so anyway like after after everybody had gone like I I stayed down there looking for him like god please just let me find these um and like it wasn't a minute later that in this in the stream like I right where I was standing was like there they are they're this girl's glasses mm -hmm. and it was like what are the odds that like because I mean you've seen the stream it's hard to look through water especially oh, yeah. for uh, a pair of glasses not like sunglasses which I lost mine and I I was like God uh, didn't answer yeah. that prayer he did not answer that <laughs> prayer um but he he answered the prayer for this girl's glasses who were who was like very worried that she didn't have them mm -hmm. and it was like wow like God does care even just about the little things mm. well that even That's reminds me in in Matthew 6 and um, I can pull it up right now and read it, the exact wording, but it talks about the the birds of the air and the flowers of the mm -hmm. field and how God cares about those things and how much more is he going to care about us, his creation, his beloved, because we, we really are his beloved. Like He loves us. He mm -hmm. created us to be in community with him. And it says this i'll start in matthew 6 verse 26 look at the birds of the air they neither sow no re nor reap nor gather into barns and yet your heavenly father feeds them are you not of more value than they in which of you by being anxious can add a single hour to a span of life and why are you anxious about clothing consider the lilies of the field how they grow they neither toil nor spin yet i tell you even solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these but if god so clothes the grass of grass of the field which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not clothe you, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? And I love that. Like he is a provider. And when we pray and ask requests, again, like sometimes he doesn't answer. Sometimes they're not in ways we expect, but he's God and he's gonna provide for what we need because he knows exactly what we need. And I love that part at the end, that's Jesus talking. He says, Oh, you of little faith. Like you don't believe that God is going to take care of you. And so mm -hmm. you're praying these things and you're starting to get anxious now because they're not answered because that's really rooted in doubt. Like you don't believe God is going to answer or take care of you. And that's something like when I was in youth group, I was totally the student that when they asked to pray, I would like avert my eyes and be like, I am not, like, I don't know how to pray. I don't want to pray. And how that transferred as I started growing my faith was, I realized I actually just didn't have enough faith to pray. Like I, I didn't know how to pray and I didn't want to pray in front of people or anything mm -hmm. because I didn't actually think it was effective. And my faith was so small in what God could do and that he's a provider that I just decided I'm just not going to pray. It's easier for me not to pray than to believe or, or pray this and and see what God does with it. And now being on the flip side of that, I can say life is so much more fun and exciting when it's like, I get to bring my prayers to God and it's excitement. Like, how are you going to answer this God? And I get to look for that and see, and it often is not in ways that I thought at all, but we have to have the eyes to be able to see when God is answering prayers. Yeah, absolutely. 
and, and realize, I think that's an important part about writing them down. Now, I'll admit it, personally, I don't write them down. Yeah. But being able to see like, yeah, God answered that. God answered this and, and seeing where he is faithful. And, and that is what helps to build our faith. Yeah, so. absolutely. I agree. There you go. We could go a lot longer on this, but I think we already went long. Yeah, so. I think so. Well, that's prayer for us. So, so to sum it up, ask big, ask small, um, mm-hmm. and be disciplined in prayer because that's how you're going to grow your prayer life. Yeah, and remember that he is faithful. He is faithful. All right, have a good week. We will see you on the next episode. All right, bye.